Welcome to Kingdom Perspective Broadcast, the teaching ministry of Dr. David Ogaga. We believe that this message is going to open up the seals and cause you to have a deeper revelation into the Word of God that will make you see beyond the letters in the Word. Here is Dr. David. You see, you are not designed to walk like any other man. Very important. And uh, even if somebody's on TV, that is not to say you have to struggle to be on TV. No. You've got to follow what God wants you to do. There's a blueprint for everyone's ministry. And that's what you need to design. Amen? Yeah, come along though. the second section. I'll touch it a little bit. But let me take this one now. Building on what he had just said. Let's go to Genesis 17 verse number 1. Genesis 17 verse number 1. Praise God. Here the scripture says, And when Abram was 90 years old and 9, the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the Almighty God. Walk before me and be the perfect. <laughs> Walk before me and be the perfect. When Abraham was 90 years old and 9, and the Lord appeared to him and said, Walk before me and be the perfect. And that means there were certain things that Abraham was not holding on to. That means Abraham was not perfect in what he was supposed to do. That means Abraham was short of the expectation of God in what he wanted him to do and to become. Are you still there with me? Looking at this scripture alone, you begin to see that Abraham has some doubt in his mind as touching the promises of God. He told him, going to have a child. <laughs> now he was 99 years old, the child had not come. You understand that? He said he was going to be the father of many nations. He's 99 years old, he hasn't seen anything. If you were him, you will behave the same way. Because I look, you better walk with me and be the perfect. What it really means is you have to get matured. In what I've called you to do, in relation to the word I've spoken to you, get matured, Abraham. Praise the living God. And that is what, like our brother was saying, is so important that you understand your work and get matured in what God has called you to do. In working with God, you just need to stay focused as touching what he has called you to do and to become. Praise the Lord. The Lord appeared to Abraham and it's very important. I'm the almighty God. What he means to say is, I'm the God that is all sufficient. Right? Almighty means Eshadai. I'm the all sufficient God. I pour out myself in blessings without reservation. You can't deplex my blessings. So don't think when I say you're going to be father of many nations, I lie to you. I am the almighty God. I will make it come true that which I've spoken to you. Are you getting this? I'm that God who pour our blessings, who give them richly, abundantly, and continually, the almighty God. So if I say I'm going to bless you, get it at the back of your mind. Let it be stored in your skull. I'm going to come through with my word. That's why I have to appear to him as the almighty God. Not Jehovah Rapha. No. <laughs> Amen. But here is a God that supplies. Here is a God that makes good his intention. Here is a God that brings the impossibilities to possibilities. And say, I am the almighty God. 
I have all resources to supply and to make good everything I've spoken to you. So don't doubt my word. Walk before me and be thou perfect. Be matured. Hallelujah. So walk before me. Say that self to be firmly proposed, thoroughly determined to obey me and stay in the structure that I've ordained for your life. So when you talk about walking with God, we're talking about walking in the purposes that God has ordained for you. Praise the living God. The purposes that God has ordained for you. Your obedience. Praise God. To that which God has so much ordained for your life. Walking in that purpose and walking in that obedience, that's how it means to walk with God. Listen, God is not rewarding you because of maybe what you call largeness, what you call, and whatever name you want to define that. He rewards you based on what he has called you to do. Is that okay? How many of you remember? I always give this simple illustration. How many of you remember somebody like John the Baptist? And you get to remember that John the Baptist, the father was a priest. He was born into a priestly family. You remember that? But where did he end up having his ministry in the desert? Why? Because Luke tells us he came in the spirit and the power of Elijah. And Elijah was not a city prophet. He has to be in the desert to be able to go along with that spirit with which he came. So he was in the desert. Until the days of his showing forth unto Israel. And when he came out, what happened? The whole of Israel came for his baptism. How does that happen? Similar to what happened on Mount Camel. By the time Elijah made his pronouncement and dealt with all of the prophet of Baal, what happened? The whole of Israel came down and bowed. God is God. Did you get that? He should have been in the temple killing all the animals. But he was in the bush eating locusts. Why? Because there was something God proposed for his life. Praise the living God. Is anybody catching this? I need it to follow. So God is telling Abraham, you need to obey and follow what I ask of you to do. Believe me. Don't doubt me. Don't, 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 you see, don't wave. So I, I'm saying the same thing to you. If there is anything God have asked you to do, if there is any blueprint you've come to discover that this is what God has for you, do not look sideways. Even if the situation is tough, keep on waiting, keep on believing, keep on trusting. Abraham have to wait for those number of years. Remember, Isaac came through when he was a hundred years old. But that's not when the promise was made. Praise the living God. If something seems to say, my eyes is ever on thee, I'm watching you. Therefore, consider that God saved thee. Always remember. Now, when Abraham was having this kind of thought in his heart, perhaps he felt God was not watching to see how he was thinking. And you must understand that it is not just what you do, it's what you think. Abraham was thinking, I'm getting old. Isaac haven't come yet. Sarah is also advancing in age. Maybe he's past the age of menopause. So where is the Isaac? It was a simple thought in his heart. And God sees that. I always say people, you have to be very careful what you think. Because the fact is God will do exceedingly above all that you ask or think. It's not just about what you ask alone. It's all about what you think. And that is why you discover that Joseph was thinking within his heart to set Mary apart 
He was thinking. He wasn't praying. What's the next thing? The response to his thought was an angel came and said, you don't do what you're thinking now. So God thinks about you. I mean, sees your thought and responds to your thought. That's why your thoughts have to be very, very, you have to be careful what you think. So here Abraham was having wrong thoughts, if I may use the word, because of his age. And God said, walk before me and be what? Be thou perfect. So walk before me, simply obey me and believe what I'm saying to you, what I promise to do with your life. So as a matter of fact, God was just pulling Abraham to the level of faith. Because faith is simply hearing and hearing by what? The word of God. So it's like Abraham was losing faith. And God was trying to say, remember what I told you. It was an excitement to faith to believe what God promised him. Praise the living God somebody. I want you to see this and, and be able to to be at peace with yourself when it comes to the issue of ministry, when it comes to the issue of any, for any other promises, business, whatever, anything God says to you, anything God promises you, He wants you to stay on with Him. That's how you walk with God. Praise the living God. Are you sitting there with me? Amen. He said, Be it perfect. In other words, perfection, we can begin to define perfection in terms of holiness. That's not exactly what he's talking about per se. Because even whatever makes you holy is because you are called of God. And so when the Bible says, Be thou holy, even as your Father in heaven is holy, how do you define the holiness of God? <laughs> Praise the living God. Whatever God pronounced holy is simply what? Holy. Come unto me. And in fact, the Bible refers to you as a holy nation. Did he say so? You can't, you can't redefine yourself. God said you are a holy nation. Period. So, this perfection here, this holiness here, if you will, it's not in terms of moral holiness the way we define it. No. Praise the Lord. Are you see there? The emphasis, just remember, I'm the all-sufficient God. And everything I promise you, I have more than enough to accomplish it. Praise the living God. Be a therefore perfect, even as your father in heaven is perfect. God himself is the grand law, if you will, the soul giver, and the only pattern of perfection, which he recommends to his children. Remember, Jesus said the same thing in the book of Matthew. I mean, if you remember that, Matthew chapter 5, he said the same thing to us. Before we go there, let's look at something here. In the book of Hebrews, Hebrews 6, for instance. He said, therefore, 6 verse 1. Therefore, leaving the principle of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto what? Perfection. That means perfection is attainable. So, the question I said, no man is perfect. All of us are sinners. That's your own language. That's not Bible language. We believe, so we speak. We speak according to the word of God. We don't say what we think. We don't say, we don't even look at our nature to say what we need to say. We speak because we believe. So what you believe is what you speak. Scripture say, call to perfection. That means you can come to perfection. If it was not possible, he would not ask you to do that. Glory to God. Now, now, you see, in terms of the justice and everything about God's laws, the only thing that defines God's true perfection is love. Hallelujah. <laughs> Are you there with me? 
That's the key thing. When he said, be their prophet, in other words, be filled with the Spirit of God, whose name is mercy, whose nature is love. That's all. Nothing more. He wants you to walk in perfection. He wants you to walk in maturity. Praise God, somebody. I just need you to get there because it's very important. So, let's go on to perfection. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead was all of this thing we're talking about the Jewish system. Let's come to the place of maturity. Let's forsake Judaism and come to the place of the true love in Christ Jesus. Let's come to perfection. Are you there with me? Right. So Matthew 5.48 Jesus said the same thing. Ye shall be perfect as your father who is the heaven is what is perfect. They call himself love in the first place. Remember? Jesus is love. <laughs> to teach us that in this consistent realm that we're discussing about perfection, the attainment to that level of perfection that we're talking about right now is the love of God that is shared abroad in our hearts. It's a place of maturity in God. Praise the Lord. I was just sharing with your brother this morning. I saw a post, a very wonderful post he made, but he made a statement. <laughs> that looks, um, if I may use the word, derogatory to the rest of the people. It's, you know what? We, we walk in, in maturity, but everybody walking in whatever level that they are walking in, it's not because they choose to walk that way, it's because they have not attained to the level of maturity that we are into. When you talk to people, scripture says we got to speak with love. You present your truth with love. You don't insult people just because you have understanding. No. That's no maturity. That's no perfection. Because even the, even the, the knowledge you have comes through grace. Are you there with me? Praise the living God. Be a perfect even our Father in heaven is perfect. That is to be filled with the fullness of God. To have Christ dwelling continually in the heart, in your heart by faith. And to be rooted and grounded in love. Let me show you something in Colossians. Colossians, message translation. Colossians 1 verse 26. Talking about perfection. Hallelujah. Colossians 1. 26. This mystery has been kept in the dark for a long time. But now it's out in the open. God wanted everyone, not just Jews... To know this rich and glorious secret inside and out, regardless of their background, regardless of their religious standing, the mystery in a nutshell is just this. Christ is in you. Therefore, are you there with me? You can look forward to sharing in God's glory. Follow it now. It's that simple. That is the substance of what our message. Look at verse 28. Hallelujah. What did he say there? We preach Christ. Warning people. Not to add to the message. What is the message? Christ in you. The hope of glory. We teach in a spirit of profound common sense. So that we can bring each person toward maturity. If you check in the King James, he said, bring every person toward perfection. So perfection equals to what? Maturity. So when God was speaking to Abraham, he was saying, be matured, Abraham. So acting like a baby. Praise God. 
Now what's the next thing? He said to be mature is to be what? Basic. What is that? Christ. No more, no less. That's maturity. So when he said, let us go on to perfection. You know what he means now? Let's move on to Christ. Let's leave the elementary things. Let's leave the doctrine of Judaism. Let's forsake about what Moses was talking about. Let's get down to Christ. That's perfection. Is it making sense to you? Verse 29, Paul now says, That's what I'm working so hard at that every day, year after year, doing my best with the energy God so graciously what has given to me. Praise God. So there's a state that man was originally before the fall. He was in a state of perfection. Is that okay? Let's make mine an image of our likeness. Let it have dominion. He was in a state of perfection before the fall. God intended man to come back to that state. So everything God is doing today is to pull us back to himself. That we come to the place of maturity one more time. We begin to express the very image and glory of God on the face of the earth. That is the realm of perfection. Praise God. Wow. We fell from perfection. And we're going back to perfection. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Walk with me and be thou perfect. Get matured in Christ, if you will. Hallelujah. Are we still here? Alright, for time's sake, I want to jump straight to a brother that walk in perfection. As an example. I'm going to be talking about Enoch. Genesis 5 verse 21. I look like I'm an Old Testament preacher, right? <laughs> but the truth again is this. Genesis is not Old Testament. Old Testament is from Exodus to Malachi. Genesis is not included in the laws. God gave his law to Moses in the book of Exodus. So we have Exodus, Leviticus, all of those things. Is that okay? Genesis is not Old Testament. Take it from me. Genesis is the blueprint of God's creation for mankind. It has nothing to do with law. Nothing to do with rituals. Genesis is a book of grace. Abraham finds grace in the sight of God. That's why righteousness was credited unto him. Like we were saying without having done anything. That was grace. How I many of you remember that? No, I find grace in the sight of God. So Genesis is a book of grace. Nothing to do with law. Glory to God somebody. Okay. Genesis 5.21 And Enoch lived 65 years and began Methuselah. And Enoch walked with God after he begot Methuselah 300 years and began sons and daughters. I'll say something along this line. You know, we have men that have taught us and they are still pushing, some of them are still pushing that for you to have piety, to be very uh, acceptable to God, you have to be a eunuch. And that's why all my Catholic priests have to be eunuch. Is that okay? That's the height, that's the height of spirituality. It's a lie. Here is a man that walked with God, have sons and daughters, and translated into glory. What else can you do beyond that? Glory to God. Come on, is anybody following what I'm saying here? 
All of those things are religion. Mm-hmm. Now, the highest title in the Bible is not eunuchism, it's sonship. I will give you another name that's better than that of a eunuch. What's that name? You are my son. That is the highest title in the Bible, not eunuch. <laughs> Praise God, somebody. Uh, bear with me if I may hurt you. I'm just sharing scriptures. Is that okay? Like I said, I'm an Old Testament preacher. So look at the next verse. I just want you to say this. Hallelujah. Look at verse 22. Okay. Enoch walked with God and he began Methuselah 300 years and became sons and daughters. He was married, right? So marriage doesn't stop you from getting into perfection, getting into full glory in God. Marriage doesn't stop you. You know, when we talk about moving into glory, like rapture, as people teach it, they use Enoch, they use Elijah. Am I correct? Yeah, we say now, so Mary will not stop you from getting into rapture, if at all. Huh? <laughs> Praise God. Go get married, populate the earth with children. Yes, sir. Bring forth after his own kind. That means you bring forth children in godly image. We need to populate the universe with God's sons all over the place. Don't tell me you got to be eunuch to people to please God. Apostle, that's a lie. Two pieces. Am I correct? Good, you're with me. I'm glad with that. If anybody don't beat me, I'm okay with you. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, that, that's the truth. When I say, bring forth, multiply, what are you going to multiply? Bring forth your own kind of person in the image and likeness of God. Populate the earth with people who are in the image and likeness of God. That's a simple assignment. And then you turn around and say you have to be a eunuch to be able to please God. What a lie of the devil. That's why we see all this criminal over the place because we don't have people in the image and likeness of God. Is that okay? Oh, you leave here, go make some children. Praise God. <laughs> you know what? You know how God told them in Babylon. He said, listen, you're going to stay here for a long time. Right? In Babylon. Say, so give out your children and get married. Populate the place with my covenant people. Glory to God. Now, now, we are in the wall. What are we supposed to do? Populate the wall with Christians. Hallelujah. Hey, don't preach that scripture to me and telling me God loves you know can God want you know can that's the only way to please God. Hey you can do better than Enoch. Enoch had children, sons and daughters. I don't know how many he had, maybe all a million, I don't know. <laughs> praise God somewhere here. Alright. Twenty three. And all the days of Enoch were three hundred and sixty and five years. And Enoch walked with God and it was not for God took him. Praise God. Enoch walk with God. Think about that. This is a common phrase in the Eastern language or Eastern countries. Who speaks of that which is familiar with intercourse? He had a relationship with God. When you talk about Enoch walk with God and wasn't found. Right? Come on, is anybody following what I'm saying here? Good. He speaks of intercourse. He speaks of fellowship. He talks about union. That want me to walk with God. You're walking with God in consonant with his mind, his thought, his purposes. That personal relationship. So verse 22 here. 
In our walk with God. 305 years, the Bible says. Praise the Lord. There are several things worthy of most particular about this Enoch man that we're going to think about. The name of the patron, this Enoch man, actually means to instruct, to initiate, to dedicate. These are three things you can definitely receive to enable you to work with God. You want to please God? You got to find out from the name of Enoch. It means to do what? To instruct. It has to do with knowledge. You have to do to initiate. That's understanding the mysteries of God. It means to dedicate. That's commitment. You know, the Bible says, why do you teach people in mysteries? I mean, in parables. Is that for you? It is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. And mysteries can only be given to those who are initiated into a certain setting. For instance, those who are in a court. For you to belong to a court, there have to be an initiation. Is that okay? Right. Now, when you are initiated into a court, you understand what is going on in the midst of darkness. In fact, because you are initiated, you know what they do. So to be initiated, you get to know the secret and the mystery of your new realm of life in God. Hallelujah. So let's look at the first one. What is the first one? Instruction. This is where you need the Bible. This is where you need the Holy Spirit. Are you still there with me? In fact, when I was reading the book of Joshua, published 1840, the Bible made me to understand Enoch, I mean, the book. Enoch walked with God in such a way that it got to a point he will go out, and when he comes back, he will begin to teach people. He will do that people will gather, like the whole city come together to receive instruction from Enoch. He will teach them and go away. Now he will do that maybe once a month, he move into twice a month, he move into after six months, move into after one year, and he left and he never returned. The Lord took him. Instruction. He was so intimate with God that his work were unique in his age and time. Praise the living God. So yeah, the first thing we're going to see is that he got instructed I believe with his parents or through his parents in an early stage of his life. The thing that happened to Timothy I mean if you remember, Timothy's faith was not through Paul or the grandmother. Remember that? Right. The instruction of Timothy was live before whatever you call the New Testament came into being. Hallelujah. It was instructed from the scripture at an early age. And that's the same thing that happened to Enoch. Enoch got instruction at an early age. That's why you don't play with your children. If you really want them to come to the place of fulfillment of life and purposes in God at whatever age they are, give them the word of God. Instruct them the way they should go. And when they grow up, they will not depart from it. Hallelujah. He got initiated into the worship of his maker and dedicated to his service from an early age. You got to understand this. That's what it means to work with God. How dedicated are you? How, how committed are you? That's what I'm saying now. You, you want to talk about working with God? How committed are you? How dedicated are you? 
what, what level of instructions do you receive? Glory to God. Amen? So with the help of the Spirit, you receive all of these instructions from his parents. Become such a religious man. Not negative sense. Is that okay? A religious pilgrimage on the face of the earth. And he break records. Methuselah lived for how many years? About a thousand years we are told. But Enoch, you can't talk about years. He just went. He walked with God and he went. Disappear into the air. Never to return. Glory to God. How did he come into this? To the walk, separation, commitment, dedication, instruction. Praise God somebody. Initiation. Number two here. He walked with God. He set himself to walk. He was fixedly purposed in his heart and determined to live for God and to God. He was determined. Here we are in a season that people, you see, you, you, you want people to push you. You want people to pep you up. You want people to drive you into the service of God. No. Enoch walked in such a dimension that he don't, nobody's push. He proposed in his heart, I am going all through with God. Is that okay? Praise God. He held that determination, that purpose, and said, no, my life is finished with God. I am doing nothing else. I'm committed to God. I'm going to walk in His purposes. I'm not turning left or turning right. Walking with God. Praise the living God. So it was a choice that he made. That quick man can take upon himself. It's like some people call it covenant. Some people call it vow. But he came to the place and said, man, I am going to be with God. Nothing will take me out of this. And they begin to receive instructions from the Father. His walk began to change. Now you can see, in his days, there were so many other things going on. But here was a man that was facing God and following God. And God was taking him to a higher level every now and then. Because anytime he moves into God, he gets instruction and come back and begin to download to the people. He walks back again to God. He comes back with a higher revelation and begin to download to the people. He just begin to do all of this thing. And men were growing in the city. He was transforming people's life. He's walk with God. Hallelujah. Are you still there with me? Before I come back here, give me Revelation 10 and then let me look at verse 10. I want to show you something there. Mm. Hallelujah. Revelation 10 verse number 10. Just give it to me if you can get it. If it's still in your something. Right. Now, if you go from the top, we're talking about the angel that came with a little book. Right? Yes, sir. And I took the little book out of the angel's hand and ate it up. And it was in my mouth, sweet as honey. And as soon as I have eaten it, my belly was what bitter. Look at the next thing that follows. And he said, And he said unto me, Thou must prophesy again before what? Many peoples and nations and tongues and what? And kings. Why? Because he ate that book. What's that book? The revelation of God's mind. But there's something that accompanies the revelation that comes to you. Your belly shall be bitter. What is that? Persecution. When you start receiving truth, if you don't really know the God you are having and you are following, 
Men are going to come against you. Men will tell you you are a false preacher. Men will tell you you are preaching heresy. Men will tell you this thing have never been told by anybody else. And they will use some big ministry to judge you in what you are doing. That is the bitterness in your belly. Now Enoch was completely different. And that is not to say he never went through bitterness. Because I know what I'm talking about. When he started receiving instruction from the father. That is not common. When he started receiving instruction from the father. That is not general. When he started receiving instruction from the father. That big men he quote have never preached before. Man your belly shall be bitter. The persecution will come. But in the midst of that. It is a little book that you eat that takes you to the nations. It's a little book that you eat that takes you to people. Does anybody understand what I'm saying? And that's why Enoch will move in, coming with that little book, Revelation, in his mouth, and begin to instruct the people. When he finished that, he goes out again. And then he comes back, maybe two more times. People gather again, instruct them on the word of the Lord. He move out again. Six more times, he comes back. He move out again, one year time. He comes back. And then he moved out. The Lord took him. What is that supposed to mean? The situation was so corrupt. Just like it happened to Noah. And God wanted to say get him out of the midst of these people. Are you following what I'm saying there? That's why you see you come to that place of intimacy. Walking with God. In following what God has instructed. In your spirit. Your DNA shall before your eyes. There's a way God protects you. From the people that you're living amongst. Praise the Lord. Are we still here? So he was determined to work with God, and therefore takes up the resolution with his own maker that he might not receive the grace of God in vain. And this is very important. If you've been called in any way by the, I mean, take it the five old ministry, whatever, anything that God has called you to do, even in business, oh, stay there. And be sure you please God. Don't receive that grace in vain. If you are a businessman, get it resolved in your spirit. God has called me to be a businessman. Is that okay? Don't take that grace in vain. As you do the business, God has been glorified. How many of you remember in the book of Kings, um, when Solomon built a temple, the Bible says he had two pillars. How many of you remember that? You got two pillars. One was Jashin. The other one was what? Boaz. Jashin was a priest. Boaz was a businessman. So you need a businessman and a priest to build the house of God. So if God called you as a Boaz, business place, don't think twice about it. That is where God is going to honor you, glorify you, and magnify you. Be sure your business glorifies God. Amen? Paul, we speak in Colossians. I say, whatever you do, do it well to the glory of God. Praise God somebody. The next thing is dedication. Circumstance which was placed before him. He was a patriot, like I said. He was a king, priest, and a prophet of numerous family. He has sons and daughters. So I believe that Enoch had sons-in-laws and daughter-in-laws. I believe that. Praise God somebody. Now here was a patriarch instructing a whole generation of people. Dedication. Are you following what I'm saying? How will God call you 
For the purpose of instructing his people. And you then be playing, I mean, you play with that assignment, you don't know what you're doing. You don't understand yet why you are called. So here was Enoch instructing a whole generation, or even second generation of people. Sons and daughters he got. Hallelujah. Raising his family. The same thing you find that God spoke to Abraham, Genesis chapter 18. And know that he will raise up his children in the fear of the Lord. Is anybody following what I'm saying? Therefore, there's nothing that I want to do that will hide from Abraham. Because of what he's going to do makes it now a channel of God instructing Abraham of his intent and purpose. And that is why God called him a prophet in Genesis 20. Some people think prophet have to do with somebody who will see vision for you. That is a red cloth under your bed. That's visionary. A prophet of God is a man that knows the intent and purposes of God. Tell me where Abraham saw vision for anybody. Am I against vision? Not at all. I see vision for people too. But if you want to define the word prophet... First occurrence in the Bible is Genesis 20. That's where it came from. And it was to Abraham. God told Abimelech, return this person's wife. For he is a prophet. What made Abraham a prophet? Why? Because in Genesis 18, when God wanted to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, he came to Abraham and began to instruct Abraham. And he must tell us that God will do nothing except defer revealing to who? His prophet. That's why Abraham was a prophet. When you know the mind of God, you are a prophet. When you know the will and the purposes of God, you are a prophet. When you know what God intends to do, you are a prophet. Not just the one that said the witch is killing you and uh, I'm seeing that you're about to jump into the well and commit suicide like your grandfather did. No. The herbalist can do that. Am I correct? Yeah, the herbalist can do that. The soothsayer can do that. Anybody can do that. Can wash face and do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Praise the Lord. So here was, I mean, Enoch instructing people, teaching them in the word of God, generation of people. But like I said before, not because he wasn't married. Amen. Hallelujah. He was raising a whole nation for God by reason of his call. And God saw the dedication in his mind. God saw the commitment in his mind. One of the things I believe Abraham, I mean, Enoch was taken away because God never wanted him to get corrupted again with the people that were in society. It's my belief. I didn't say that's what the Bible said. Hallelujah. How many of you remember Hezekiah? The king Hezekiah. Do you remember Hezekiah? Who God wanted to, I mean, God said, you're going to, you're going to die, put your house in order, whatever the case may be, right? And then he went on praying. And then God said, okay, tell Isaiah, tell him again, anoint him. I mean, get him healed that he's going to live another, what, 15 years. Go and read the record. The last days of Hezekiah, he was an idol worshiper. He would have been better, he would have died. He said, again, another 15 years to become an idol worshiper. Wonderful king that was doing glorious things. But because he got 15 years more, he got corrupted. Who knows? This is why God had to take away Enoch, before this guy gets into trouble, come to me at this level. Sometimes, I think some people die because God loved them. 
Because the end of their story will be horrible. When God sees men that are working faithfully with him, committed and dedicated, and he sees the future, that things are not going to be right with them, what's the next thing he will do? He take you out of the earth. I think some people die early because of this. Praise the living God. Are you still with me? All right. Oh, glory, glory. So you find out Abraham, I mean, Enoch, he walked in perfection, he walked in the realm of the spirit, he followed God. Whew. There was nothing that was going to corrupt this man. Or, sh- or shake him away from that commitment and dedication. Give me Second Corinthians chapter uh, 7 and verse number 1. I'll just show you something there. And I'm about to close. I'm on, my time is up. Anybody out there? Praise the Lord. Are we still here? Whew. Look at it. Having therefore these promises. What promises? If you look at back in chapter 6, it said, What has a temple of God to do with idols? Is that okay? He said, I will walk in them. How does God walk in people? I'm not telling you. That means you are a street. <laughs> you are a city. I will walk in them. That is where you hear God's voice. That's where you receive instruction. He said, I'll be their God. They shall be my sons and daughters. Is that okay? So when you come to the next thing, say, having therefore these promises. What promises? Of being sons and daughters of God. God walking in us. Dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from what? All filthiness of the flesh and spirit. Perfecting, walking perfection. With what? Holiness in the fear of God. Did you get that? Let's clean ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and what? And spirit. So we find that this is the realm that Enoch walked in. Nothing was going to corrupt his spirit. Nothing was going to corrupt his thoughts. His walk with God. You can't dissuade this man. You can't call him to turn away. No. Praise the Lord. Are you still there with me? You need to get this. And it's important. Enoch attained to this level because words were always coming to him. And I've always emphasized that. You can't be a child of God and don't hear from God. You don't know God by signs and wonders and miracles. I've always emphasized it. I've always shouted it loud and clear for people to know. Do you believe in miracles? Supernaturally. I do believe in miracles. And I, I believe I walk also in miracles. And some people tell you the greatest miracle is your salvation. I agree with that. But when somebody's eye pop open, it's a miracle. When somebody's ears pop open, it's a miracle. Is that okay? When a brother was speaking to somebody here right now, that's a miracle. I believe in miracle. But you don't know God by miracles. How do you know God? Through the voice. You see, the Bible made us understand Adam and Eve. They got to know that God was walking in the cool of the evening. It was not by a miracle. They knew God was walking through the voice of God. Go read it again. They had the voice of God walking in the cool of the evening. So the voice walked. So how does God walk in you? Through his voice. Is it making sense to you now? And then when you go into the book of John, you see Jesus buried. The next day Mary got there. Jesus was not there. And then he was asking the people, if I turn around, I saw Jesus standing. 
And he thought he was one of the gardeners taking care of dead corpse there. And he said, Yes, sir, what are you looking for? So I'm looking for Jesus. If you know where they have laid him, please let me have him. And Jesus simply turned around and said, Mary. And what happened? Rabboni! She shouted. She recognized the first time that Jesus Christ was resurrected. That's why the Bible says, No, we know him after the flesh. Even though we have no Christ after the flesh, know we him no more. If Jesus appeared today to you, you are going to be picturing what you see in calendar. That is not Jesus. That is an image impression of what they thought Jesus was. Do you understand me? In the book of Mark chapter 16, the Bible tells us that he came to the people in another form. That means he takes any form that he wants to take. So what you see in your calendar is not Jesus. That's an artist's impression. I happen to have been an artist myself, my first degree. And the first man that painted Jesus in Africa was a Cameroonian. He painted in black because then he had never seen a white man. So the Jesus to the Cameroonian artist was a black man. And he's a correct man too. Because Jesus takes any shape and takes any form. Is that okay? If you come to a black man, he becomes black. He enter a white man, he becomes white. He becomes a Chinese man, Ying Hong He becomes a Chinese. He takes any form. Is there anybody understand what I'm talking about? That is Jesus. So not the one you see on your calendar. No, no, no. That's why you can you can picture him. That's why when he's coming to you, sometimes you bound him as a devil because you don't understand how he appears to people. Now he appeared to Mary in another form. But how did Mary get to know that this is Jesus? When he said, Mary, he recognized his voice. And John will tell you, my sheep hear my voice. They know me. And the voice of stranger, they will not follow. He didn't say they know me by miracles. They know me by voice. You can hear God through miracles. You hear God through the voice. You can know God through miracles. You know God through the voice. And God is about to be speaking to each and every one of us. Hallelujah. That is what makes you a son of God. That's what makes you a sheep. If you don't hear God, then of course, there are only two nations when you see it in judgment. He takes the sheep to the right hand side. The goat to the left hand side. There are only two nations in the world. Cain and Abel, Adam and Christ, sheep and goat. Are you still here with me? If you don't hear voice, voice as a sheep, then you are a goat. But you are going to change your identity today. Can I hear an amen to that? It's about time your ears pop open to begin to hear God as enough was so that you can walk with God. And then come to the place where we will not be found. In other words, God will separate you from the world. His impartation, his joy, his thought. I mean, you get, come on, somebody stand up, let's pray. I don't want to stand, stop here. I don't want to go beyond this. You see, you come to the place where the thing God says to you, they are so exciting that, man, 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 you eat that little book. Oh, glory to God. That your heart is fixed for a purpose. You are on pilgrimage to get to the finish. I just need you to talk to the Father. Thank you for listening to Dr. David Ogaga. We know you have been blessed by this station. You can share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information, inquiries, and free downloads, please visit www.davidogaga.org or you can send us an email admin at gkai.net. God bless you.